0: Hey, welcome to the Living Worship Podcast. I'm so excited that you're here with me again this week. I say every week, I'm always excited. Um, but this is so much fun, the fact that I get to share with you um, the the Bible and, and some thoughts on it and how we can apply it to our daily lives. It's what God has called me to do, and I'm glad that you are getting something out of it. So thank you for being here. Uh, if you're new to the podcast, thank you for joining us again this week. Um, we're on YouTube and, and Spotify and Apple Podcasts and about everywhere else now at this point. And it's so cool to see how God is moving in that way and growing the audience. Um, so please continue to like, share, subscribe, leave comments, leave reviews, rate me five stars if you are on an audio platform. And that will just help the algorithm to continue um, to allow people to find find me here. Okay, so let's dig into it. So we've been doing a Survey a study on John and the life of Jesus. Um, So, the Gospel of John, right? So, he wrote it about Jesus' life. He has a more um, narrative sense in the way that he writes about Jesus' life and ministry here. And so, we're going to pick it up in John chapter 7 and chapter 8. And I'm just going to breeze through some of it until we get to the text that I really want us to be focusing on this week. So, John 7, really starts out with his own brothers don't even believe that he's the Messiah. So that's, that's a huge, huge deal. Um They're going to the festival in Jerusalem and Judea, and they're challenging him, look, if you can do all these miracles, if you really are the son of God and everything that you say that you are, then just make it public already. Why even try and keep it secret? And really they're daring him. They're kind of acting sarcastically towards him. Um They're not taking him seriously, which If you have brothers and sisters, maybe you can understand why they wouldn't. Um, Even if Jesus um, was perfect uh, and he never sinned, right? They're going to find reasons to have beef with him. I mean, just imagine having a brother who never sinned and was perfect. Maybe they would be a little annoyed, okay? And so they're not totally getting it, not seeing it. Um and so Jesus tells them no it's not my time I'm not going to reveal myself publicly in that way just yet um uh, my hour has not yet come and so they leave they go to the festival and Jesus goes but he goes um it says secretly he he wants to just kind of hear what people are saying about him and about his ministry Um, And at this point, like a lot of people were wanting to believe, starting to believe that he really was the Messiah, but they were afraid of Herod. They were afraid of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law. Um, And they did not want to be punished for that. And they knew that all these authorities did not like what Jesus was doing and teaching. In fact, John the Baptist at this point has been killed for speaking out against herod um and and so it's really it's politically a dangerous environment here, and so people don't want to get involved. They don't want to risk their their lives and their livelihoods over this. Okay, And so um, Jesus, for a few days, begins to, to listen and kind of absorb what's going on. And then he begins teaching in the temple. And in the midst of this teaching, Jesus is calling out the hypocrites, the people who claim to have it all together, the people who claim to know the law and to follow the law perfectly. And he says, you really don't. You don't even understand it. And in the midst of this, many people begin to believe in him. And they start to grasp the message that he is trying to give. But there's also plenty of other people that hear the message and they want him gone. They try to kill him. They try to arrest him. Um, But the Bible says that God did not allow any of that to happen because the hour had not yet come for Jesus to die. It it just, it wasn't time. And and of course, we know as Christians that God is sovereign over everything, over all the details. And even though man is responsible for um, his or her own actions, well, God also has sovereign control um, and so there's a delicate balance between the two. And so if it wasn't Jesus' time yet, God wasn't allow, wasn't going to allow something bad to happen to him. And so it keeps moving into John chapter 8. Uh, and Jesus is speaking again. He starts speaking more bluntly about himself as being the light of the world to save man from darkness and that he is the truth. Uh, and that brings us to verse 30. So this is John chapter 8. We're going to pick it up in verse 30. And it says, As he was saying these things, many believed in him. Then Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, If you continue in my word, you really are my disciples. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. We are descendants of Abraham, they answered. We have never been enslaved to anyone. How can you say you will become free? Jesus responded, Truly I tell you, everyone who commits sin is a slave of sin. A slave does not remain in the household forever, but a son does remain forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free. I know you are descendants of Abraham, but you are trying to kill me because my word has no place among you. I speak what I have seen in the presence of the Father, and so then you do what you have heard from your father. Our father is Abraham, they replied. And Jesus told them, if you were really Abraham's children, you would do what Abraham did. But now you're trying to kill me, a man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. Abraham did not do this. You are doing what your father does. Well, we weren't born of sexual immorality, they said, we have one father, God. Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me. Because I came from God and now I'm here. For I didn't come on my own, but he sent me. Why don't you understand what I say? Because you cannot listen to my word. You are of your father, the devil, and you want to carry out his desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he tells a lie, he speaks out of his own nature because he is a liar and is the father of lies. Yet because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. Who among you can convict me of sin? If I am telling the truth, why don't you believe me? The one who is from God listens to God's words. And this is why you don't listen. Because you are not from God. Wow. There's a lot there. Especially for us today as 21st uh, century Americans and the types of cultural battles that, that are taking place, spiritual battles. For Jesus to say here that I am the truth and if you are not in the truth, you are of Satan, you follow the father of lies, right? We have a culture today that preaches relativism, that what is true for you is good for you, and what's true for me is good for me, and we can have our own truth that is different and still exists, and that's not at all what the Bible says. The Bible says truth is absolute, and that Jesus is the truth and the way and the life, right? And so... They cannot coexist. Relativism does not exist, cannot coexist within biblical teaching. And so Jesus says you either choose truth or you choose the lies, and they're going to be diametrically opposed totally. So let's dig into it. All right, look at verses 31 and 32. Pick out some points here for us to really be thinking about. So those who persist— In the faith, so those who claim Jesus as their Savior, commit their life to Christ, those who persist and endure their entire life, right? They have the fruit of the gospel, and we see that in their life. Those people are really free from sin, those people are the ones that were truly saved. Now, are we absolutely going to be able to pick out each person? Well, he was saved, but he really wasn't saved. And he was saved, but she really wasn't saved or whatever. Not necessarily, right? Because the Bible says that God knows the heart and we don't. But look at your own life. Um, Jesus says, worry about yourself before you start worrying about other people. So are you persisting? Are you committed to the gospel? Are you resisting, struggling, and fighting against sin? Do you see the Holy Spirit changing and growing you on a daily, weekly, monthly, yearly basis? Do you see that change happening? Or are you just claiming Jesus so that you feel like you're somewhat okay and you're going to get your ticket to heaven? Or as one of my kids at home, uh, my teenager, likes to say, "Do you just claim Jesus for clout. There you go, Diego. That one's for you. Think about it. Think about it. So those who persist, they are saved. They are free from sin. Verse 34, Jesus says, You are a slave to sin. What does it say? Truly, everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. Well, out of everyone who's listening right now, and everyone who's not, we're all slaves to sin. Sin is your master now i don't know what sin currently you struggle with the most but you deal with it and either you um revel in it and you enjoy your sin you're good with it like you and your sin your buddies and you just that's just the way it is that's your life you know good thing god forgives me and i've got all the grace in the world because i'm never letting this go kind of mindset or you are on the, or I renounce sin, and I'm actively working to grow and to change out of it. And ultimately, um, as my good friend Derek likes to say, my life has been rebuilt by the Holy Spirit, and I have been changed in this section of my life. Where are you at with that? Right. So we are all slaves to sin, but... Some people like being a slave to sin and some people are actively trying to grow and change. And so with the first point, then those who persist are saved. It's those who are resisting being slaves, having the Holy Spirit free them from their bondage. Those are the people that are saved because the Holy Spirit has the key to the chains and Jesus is our chain breaker. He frees us from sin, and we have the ability and the power to renounce it and get away from it in his name. So it kind of makes sense, then. Those who break free are free. Those who enjoy being slaves stay slaves. Sin is something to be getting away from, not to something to just enjoy and endure and then hope you get to heaven somehow. There's a lot there. There's a lot there, a lot to think about. Verse 42 says, If God were your father, you would love me because I came from God and I'm here. For I didn't come on my own, but God sent me. The bottom line here is that those people who really want the truth of the gospel, those who really want the truth of the purpose of life and of, of brokenness and forgiveness from sin through Jesus, like they're going to get it. God is going to provide a way for them to have it. Um, through the Bible, through followers of Jesus, through missionaries. However, like those who seek the truth will find it is a clear teaching of the Bible. And then on the opposite side, you have in verse 47, it says, the one who is from God listens to God's words. And this is why you don't listen because you're not from God. Those who just want to be told that they're right all the time. They just want people in their life who tell them, yes, you're right. No matter what, they're not going to be able to accept and understand God's truth. Because with that mindset, they have made themselves God of their life. And that's incredibly sad. And Jesus says, if you can't listen, if you can't accept me as your savior as your leader, ultimate master in life, to free you from this sin, you're happy in this sin, you even claim this sin is right and just and that you should have it. I have nothing for you. I I haven't come for that. You, You stand condemned because of your attitude. And so what happens? How do the people respond to Jesus's clear teaching on this? Well, in verses 48 through 59, they actually accuse him of being possessed by a demon. And of course he's not. But they need him to be. They need Jesus to be evil because if Jesus is right, then they exist as slaves to sin. They exist as being tied to evil themselves. And people don't want to confront the fact that they are broken and that they deal with a lot of evil in their life. Evil that, yes, Satan tempts us, but we are solely responsible for our actions in that way. And so Jesus, he, uh, he says in verses 58 and 59, and truly I tell you, before Abraham was, I am. Now, when Jesus says, I am, he's equating himself with God, because that's how God described himself in Exodus. I am who I am. And so, uh, what did they do? How did they react to Jesus? Ultimately, in the open, in your face, I am God. I existed before Abraham. You listen to my words because I am God. They pick up rocks, and they start chucking rocks at Jesus. They want to kill him for this. They would rather kill God than confront the fact that they're broken, they're evil, and they need saving. But man doesn't want to believe that he or she needs to be saved from themselves. And why did God decide to to save us? He, He didn't have to. We all deserve eternal death and punishment in hell. But he came and he took on human flesh to save us because he loved us. And he still does. See, Christ died and he came back to life for you and for me. To show us that we could be free. But we have to accept it. And then we have to put personal holiness into practice and we can only do that through the power of the holy spirit like there's only so far that you can get with self-control and willpower you need the holy spirit in your life to get right with god if you said once that's it that's i mean you can't fix that then you have to rely on god's gift of salvation and face it we've all sinned from the day that we were first accountable to sin There it was. And I've got kids below the age of five. Okay. Our nature is inherently broken because of what we did all the way back in the beginning. But fortunately, Jesus came to save us from it. So here's some some things to be thinking about as I wrap up this week's um, lesson on the book of John. Following Jesus requires life change. You you can't just claim Jesus as your Savior and then sit on a couch and be a spectator or keep living life the way that you've always done it. One, if you're really saved, the Holy Spirit won't let you do it. And two, if you're comfortable with that, you might not actually be saved. All right. Following Jesus also means accepting the fact that the Bible knows more about how life is supposed to be lived and run than you do. Now, that's really hard for people. Our pride kicks in, and we start to say, I'm sorry, I can't follow that. I can't identify with that. My God would never, never tell me to do that. That's pride. That's pride. And we should always be striving to get to know exactly what the Bible has to tell us about life, within its uh, historical, cultural, and spiritual context. But ultimately, the Bible knows more than you do, and you have to accept that. If you don't, you're not going to have a very mature um, spiritual walk with God. All right. And then third, following Jesus gives us eternal peace with God and a contentment that no matter what life throws at you, you're gonna be okay. Think of um, the Apostle Paul, the first missionary in prison, singing songs and praising God in the m- midst of horrible conditions. That's a contentment that we can, we can have, and it only comes, only comes through a deep, personal, real relationship with God. who gives us the power of Himself in the form of the Holy Spirit within us. You can have that, but you've got to make Jesus the God, the master, the boss of your life, and you got to demote yourself from priority number one. It's hard to do, but that's what he requires of us. Thank you for tuning in this week. And I will catch you next week. Make sure that you like, share, and subscribe if you're on YouTube. If you are uh, listening, make sure that you uh, give a rating and a review. Um, you share it. You know, Make sure people can find it. If you think this podcast is worthwhile, and I hope that you do, um, pass it along. Make sure people have it available, especially in this time of COVID. Um, the more Bible, the better. People need the truth. They need the comfort. And I'll catch you next week. All right, bye. Thank you.